won't be heaven till I get there. It's not that I make heaven, but without me, heaven will be incomplete. You say, how can you say that? Well, I'm one of his. Amen. And because I'm one of his, it won't be complete till I get there. Read with me, if you will, tonight in Luke chapter number 23, verse number 34, continuing with the thought, you ain't got no excuse. We'll try to make up one if we ain't got one readily available. Oh, I know I'm not the only one in that ball game. Can't say amen, say oh me. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Brother Terry Gardner, bless the reading. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Please, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, hear the cry. You know, church, uh, they've changed so much in the world that what used to be true is not anymore. What used to be highly prized is not no prize anymore. Because they have tried to bring the church into the world and not the world into the church. In Romans, in chapter number 8, verse number 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, A-L-L, how shall he not with him also freely Give us all things. You know, I'm glad that we don't have no excuse that we can't blame God for nothing. You don't have an excuse and say, God wouldn't let me have it. God didn't provide it. God didn't give it. I like what that thing said the other day. Don't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. Use that shovel. Amen. I mean, there's some things that we've got to do. Amen. Not just pray. I, I'll tell you, since I've been going to Jamaica, 
I've asked a lot of preachers to go and they'll say, oh, I've got to pray about it. Well, let me say this to all preachers that's hearing me. I've never had to pray about preaching. I've had to pray about what to preach, but never pray about preaching. So sometimes even preachers use that as an excuse. Amen. I mean, now if God didn't equip you for the mission field, I understand that. But don't use God as an excuse. Amen. Amen. Uh, church, are you guilty of that? God spared not his own son. <laughs> you ain't got it yet. You will a little bit. You know, our forgiveness represents God's love toward you and I. Even though we hated him. Oh, I never did hate God. Yes, you did. You were alienated from God. You've never done one thing God ever asked you to do. Some of you still not doing everything God wants you to do. Amen. Some of us still procrastinate a lot. Say amen. <laughs> Listen, our fear is being judged, but our judge set us free. Amen. Now think about it. We're afraid to do something, afraid we'll mess up. Nod your head a little. If you can't holler amen, nod your head at least a little bit so I know you're awake. We're afraid that maybe we'll mess up and God will hold it again. Listen, God's going to hold it against you if you don't mess up some because you're not trying if you're not messing up. Jack Webb, I just had got a job loading sand down on the river and I tore the drive shaft out of the loader. And I thought, man, they'll fire me. I ain't been here two weeks. I called him. He come over. He was a supervisor. He was also the maintenance man. And I was helping him. I said, Jack, I'm sorry. This thing come out. He said, son, let me tell you something. If you don't never tear nothing up, that means you ain't never doing nothing. You use something long enough, you're going to break it. You're going to mess it up. So if you're trying for the Lord, you're going to mess up every once in a while. And God's going to say, listen, that's the reason my son died, to forgive you of your sins and your shortcomings. Amen. We can't use that as an excuse. Oh, I'm afraid I'll mess up. What about the talents? Buried him. Oh, I knew you was a hard taskmaster. And God said, why didn't you put it in the bank? At least I'd have got some usury out of it. Hello? Hello? Can I put that in plain English for you? Even if you ain't going to do nothing for God, at least come to church. Amen. At least God can get some usury out of you. Amen. I hope that sinks and you wake up in the middle of the night and have to cry out to God because you've been using it for excuses. Are you with me? Say amen. <laughs> Listen, do you know the church reveals God's eternal people? Not the world. Not the world. I, listen to me. All these folks that's on television that says they're gods, they don't all belong to God. Their actions prove they don't belong to God. 
Their stance in the world proves they don't belong to God. Hey, they can't stand up for abortion and be gods. No. Thou shalt not kill. Is that plain enough? You can't stand up and vote for alcohol and be God's man. Be saved, sanctified. Put no strong drink to your brother's lips. Come on now. We want to make it, oh, we got to have North Carolina, we voted down the lottery and they forced it on us anyway. We got to have school money. Well, what happened when the school needed money? They had to go and make provisions to use the school money for the school. So what they do? They lied us. They lied us. Oh, it's for the school. Hogwash. That was for somebody's pocket. Somebody got some money out of that. Oh, no. No, preacher, you're wrong. Well, who do they pay to make the cards? Who do they pay to receive the money? Who do they pay to turn the money in? Who do they pay to take care of the money? Who do they pay that puts out the money, whatever they do with it? Hello? Oh, getting quiet, isn't it? We want to use those things for excuses, don't we? Are you with me? Say amen. Do you know and understand that, that God knows more about you than you do? Second Timothy, if you go there just for a moment, chapter 2. Verse 19, nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure. Are you with me? Say amen. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse number 19. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart iniquity. Ooh, boy, that's a mouthful. Preacher, you just don't understand my situation. No, I don't understand your excuse. No, I don't. You know what I've never figured out? How people can say, Preacher, can the church help me with a little money? I'm hurting to come a little short. I'll tell you, the church, charity mission don't care to help anybody. We've proved that many, 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 many times. But if I come to your house and your lights are turned off and you got six or seven cases of beer sitting there in the corner, guess what? I'm not helping you with your light bill. Hello? If you're too lazy to get out and go to work, I'm not going to help you with your light bill. Amen? And then you want to call the church and say, that's sorry, right, church wouldn't even help me. Can I say this? You sorry individual, you wouldn't help the church. When you had a job, where was you? When you had money, what did you do with it? Don't use that for an excuse. People run over the church long enough. And the church has allowed it. Oh, I've been cussed out by the best. Yeah, I had a guy call me one time, won't know if I was going to bury his sister. I'd never seen his sister in my life. I said, what are you talking about? Well, don't the church do that? Pay for the funeral and bury them? 
I said, I ain't seen you in two years. I ain't never seen your sister, but you want me to preach her funeral and bury her. Why, yeah, ain't that what the church does? So I'm in the parking lot at Walmart, the old Walmart. Cussed me like a dog up there in public. Sure did. You know what I did? I said, I hope God rewards you for what you just did. Amen. Amen. That's all I said. Hey, the battle's his. I could have cleaned his clock, mopped the parking lot with him, but that wouldn't have done nothing but satisfy my flesh. It would have put the name of Jesus to an open shame. So I didn't have no excuse to take it on myself to do God's job. If God wants it done, he'll take care of it. Amen. If God don't do it, I hope I see him in heaven. But he'll have to get saved. And if he gets saved, he'll have to come apologize. So he ain't got saved yet because he ain't been apologized. Oh, you didn't like that part, did you? I'm talking about excuses. Amen. Can I say this while we've got everybody listening? Everybody is welcome at Charity Mission Free Will Baptist Church. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what nationality you are. You can come and sit with us as long as you behave yourself. But now if you want to come in and bring junk of the world in here, I or somebody's going to escort you out of here. We're in here to worship God. We're in here to praise our Lord. We're in here to say, God, thank you for the day. Thank you for the blessing. I don't have no excuse not to worship and praise you. I don't have no excuse that I shouldn't be here and lift up my hands and say, thank you, God. If you want to come and do that, come on. If you want to come in here like the devil's crowd, we'll treat you just like the devil's crowd. We'll beat the devil out of you and then pray the devil out of you. Oh, preacher, you shouldn't say things like that. I hope it never, ever comes to that. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to let Satan and his crowd run over God's people. Amen. We're fixing to enter a time in America when they want us to sit back and be jellyfish. I'm trying to tell us tonight we don't have no excuse. We better get on the firing line. We better get our spiritual guns loaded. We better get prayed up. We better start doing some fasting. And we better get in the book and get on our face before God and ask God to give us what we need to fight this fight. Hey, let's take it to the enemy instead of the enemy bringing it to us. I found out a long time ago the best offense is a speedy defense. If you know it's coming, go get it. Amen. Take care of it. Oh, some people don't like that. That's all right. That's all right. You got your rights and I got mine. Listen, let me ask you something. Does fellowship in here at the house of God bring you any joy? Amen. I mean, I can't wait to get to church just to see you all. I hope that's the same way with me, that you want to see me and hear me preach and 
tell you the truth and read the scripture. Let these youngins sing their little songs. I hope you enjoy that. Is it perfect? Let me say right up front, no. Let me tell you why it's not perfect. Because you're a member. I'm a member. We're imperfect people. Do we do everything right? No. No. No way do we ever do everything right in every service. No way, Jose. We come short every service we come in. I go home many a night after preaching, get before God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't do a better job for you. I'm sorry, Lord, that I didn't tell them all that needed to be told. Hey, I have to do that. Why? Because I always feel like I come short. I'm not up here for your sympathy. I want you to pray that I mind God. I don't want to use that as an excuse. Now let me be honest. I have. Lord, they sung too many songs. I'll just preach five minutes and we'll go home. God had a 45-minute message in me. So I had to go home and repent. Amen. But I found out a long time ago, if I run you off, you ain't going to come back. So I'm trying to get you in, not get you out. I'm not trying to burn you out, rust you out, or run you out. I'm trying to get you in here. We need some young people. Listen, I'm getting old. Amen. These old bodies are breaking down. I can't do what I used to do. Who's going to take my shoes when I'm gone? Who's going to drive my nails when I'm gone? Who's going to preach in this pulpit when I'm gone? Who's going to tell them the truth when I'm gone? Who's going to have the Spirit of God on them when I'm gone? Amen. Who is going to stand up? Who is going to shout up? Who's going to pray? Who's going to care for your souls? Hey, you don't have an excuse. And I get to where I can see, I'll read the rest of it. We want to use every excuse under the sun because it's convenient. Can I say this? This because you use it, don't justify it. You know, at the end of the day, when my daddy got home from work and he said, Boy, did you hoe that corn? And I'd say, well, Daddy, I started. He'd say, you didn't hoe that corn, did you? Well, Daddy, I got the hoe. I went down to the garden. Well, did you hoe the corn? No. Daddy, there's something come up down there. He said, I will not accept that for an excuse. You know what? He wore my britches out and gave me that hoe. He gave me that hoe on my setter you'll get it in a minute and then I had to go down there and rub my setter and hoe that corn why because daddy told me to to start with I'd rather played and used an excuse amen I I even used mama mama called me wanting to do this that's all right you already got back down there and hoed that corn did you hoe any of it he'd say I'd say no daddy the hoe's down there leaned up against the tree probably 100 feet from the garden. Never even made it to the garden. Church, God needs you on your pew. God needs you in your place. 
Brother Richard preached it here, put the trowel in one hand, the sword in the other hand. Get your place in that wall. Amen. God needs everybody that's born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, in the service, praying for the preaching, praying for the lost souls, praying for those that are weak and weary in the fight. Hey, we need some warriors to come to the fight and stand up. And not to use an excuse. Are you with me? Say amen. <laughs> Do you realize your future's brighter each day? I didn't say it's getting better. Are you with me? Say amen. Hebrews chapter number 6. You know why it's brighter? You're closer home. One of these days we'll get out of this mess. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, are you with me? And an oath for Confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the inability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. God confirmed his word by an oath. When you joined the church, you took an oath. Mm. that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. God can't lie, but we can. We might have a strong consolation who have, notice this, filed for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. You know the trouble with a lot of Christians, they ain't got no anchor. Be sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered. Even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We don't need to look for nobody else. We don't need to look to nobody else. He is our answer. And if you don't know who Melchizedek was, you need to go back and study him. He was the first typical of Christ in the Bible. He was paid homage to even by people that shouldn't pay homage to him. But they did because, and the Bible said that Melchizedek had no beginning, no end. So think about it. What are you honoring tonight? Stay with me just a moment. Where's your heart? I'm going to hurt some feelings and I apologize to start with. You know, you don't care to go out and give $100, $200, $300, $400, for a gun or a scope or a bow or a fishing rod or thousands of dollars for a boat or a four-wheeler or a side-by-side. But when it comes to God's offering, I can't afford it, preacher. 
I can't afford it. I can't afford not to. God only wants 10% of what he allowed you to make. What if he took your health and you couldn't make nothing? You'd wish your 10% was in there so you could get some of it back maybe. Are you with me? Hey, I got to tell this. Years and years ago, an old man wanted me to take him to town. He wanted to stop by the Ford tractor place and pick up a tractor part. And he did. $130, I'll never forget it. That old man come out cussing like a ranting, raving lunatic. I can't believe that tractor part costs that much. Dad, how long you had that in? Well, it ain't but 25 year old. $130 part lasted 25 years. He's griping about it. He said, oh, while we're here, can you take me up to the liquor store? Bought $350 worth of liquor, never said one word. Where was his heart? Where was his heart? Hey, I'm preaching to you about, you ain't got no excuse. He never said the liquor was too high. He didn't even say the liquor went up. Why? It's something he wanted. And when we want it, there is no price on it. We'll go get it. We'll go get it even if it's not even for our benefit. But because we want it. I said all that to say this. You want the favor of God? Pay your tithe. Because if you don't pay your tithes, you've tied the hands of God. How can God bless us if we're robbing him? How can God keep us when he knows that our heart's not with him? We can't use it for an excuse. <laughs> can I say this tonight? I hope it don't hurt nobody's feelings, but I'm sorry. I'm glad I don't smoke no more. $50 a carton? Come on now. Yeah, I don't know how much backer is now. <laughs> you, you heard that dog holler, it hit. <laughs> how, how much is a sleeve? 20, 30, 26 for a sleeve? How, how much is a pack of Red Man or something? Three something. So... Uh, Ten boxes, thirty-some dollars. Do you know that's more than most people pay in tithes? Isn't that sad? But because we want to chew it up and spit it out, we're going to pay it. Because we want to light it up and blow it out, we're going to pay it. Can I, can I, oh, I got to say it. I, hey, I used to smoke it. I used to chew it. I can preach on it. There wasn't a gallon of milk in the house and mama said we need milk. I said, I don't want to go. Run out of cigarettes. I got to go. Smoke one out of the ashtray on the way down there. Oh, don't act like you ain't ever done that. You rich and got that backer and it had been in the glove box six months and it's powder dry and you chewed it till you got some. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you from experience, folks. 
Where your heart is is where your treasure will be. And you can use an excuse. Listen, hey, I ain't just talking to me. I know everybody in here the same way. If you want it, you go get it. Hello. And even if you have to do extra to get it, you will. Oh, we're getting quiet now. Well, I can plant seed now. The wind ain't blowing. Where's your heart? What excuse will you use? Well, let me try to close with this. When you stand before God and the record of your life is read, what would he say to you? Would he say welcome or depart? And you're going to stand there and... I'm going to give it to you. You ain't going to like it, but I'm going to give it to you. You're going to try, you think you are, to use an excuse. But I can assure you, friend, when you get in the presence of God Almighty and judgment seat is being judged, you're not going to say a word. You ain't got that kind of power. You're going to lay down at His feet because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You know what you're going to say at his feet? I know, Lord. I know, Lord. I know, Lord. I'm guilty, Lord. Yes, I am. And if Jesus don't step on the scales, in hell you'll lift your eyes. See, you're not going to have an excuse. God, you just don't understand what I had to go through. God's going to say, wait a minute, I sent my son to go through it for you. So he could understand and he could say to you, you can do it. Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things. He's going to call that scripture to your mind. Didn't I leave that for you to say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. How are you going to explain that one? How are you going to explain that you had the instruction book but you never ever read it? You had a church but you never attended. You had an altar but you never used it. You had preachers and you turned a deaf ear. How do you explain that in a way? Are you with me? Say amen. A rebellious will of man separate you from the love of God. Let me see if I can close without killing too many more. I may have used this in a time or two. I don't remember. I deserve it. You know a little time off. Ever use that? I have. I ain't answering the phone today. I just need a day off. Thank God I ain't never said that. Can I be honest with you? If my phone rings, I'm going to answer it. I don't care how many times they want to give me a car warranty. Do you know your warranty is run out on your car? Yeah, my truck's a 93. I guess it is. My other's a 99. I'm sure it has. My other truck's a 2001, I guarantee you. 
It's out. My car's a 2013. I think. I'm sure it's out too. Right? But I answer it because I have answered it and some of my members had new numbers. And I didn't know the number, but I answered it anyway. Neither want to sell your car insurance or burial insurance. I always tell them I ain't planning on dying this week. Call me next week. <laughs> Try that. You may tell you what they'll say. Uh, uh. But I have to answer it. Why? Because I love you. And I want to help you if I can. Oh, by the way, if you ever send me a message... I went to the cafe the other day and a friend of mine been looking for telephone poles said, did you get my message about them telephone poles? I said, no. He said, well, I sent it a week ago. I said, it'll be here next week. God is my witness. What day was it? It was snowing. Friday. I was working on my truck. Two weeks, the message come through while I was working on my truck. So if you send me a message, don't get mad if I don't get it. Because sometimes I just don't get it. Call me. Talk to me personally. Amen. I don't care to talk to you. I don't care to hold the phone while you chew me out. You sorry dog, yeah, I know it. But I'm saying, aren't you glad we don't really have an excuse? We really don't have an excuse. We've got automobiles, we've got gas, we got lights. We sure got heat in here. <laughs> Some of you cold people, I hope you're well tonight. I've been hot all day in this place. But we don't have an excuse. Oh, by the way, if it's too cold back there, move up here. Move up here, it's hot up here. Don't sit back there and say, it's cold. Turn the heat up. Move up. Yeah. Closer to the front you get, the more the heat will turn up. Yeah, man. You get close to the preacher, he'll warm you up. Your head will do like this, trying to follow him. That's exercise. But we try to use an excuse. God will never accept it because he gave his son that you would not have an excuse. And when he said all, he meant all. I don't care what kind of sin you've been tied up in. I don't care how big a sinner you think you are. God loved you enough that his son died for you. His son loved you enough that he said from the cross, it is finished. So he put the ball in your court. So what are you going to do with it? Some of you just seem to have an excuse than to repent. Some of us would rather have an excuse so we can get that little pity party going instead of getting in the battle. Church, we're in a battle. 
We're in a battle for just the right to sit in this building, to hear a man preach the truth. You know, they're, they're trying to shut us down from preaching the truth. Amen. You say, preacher, how you know that? When they can censor you in any shape or form, it will progress. And they're censoring Facebook, Twitter, whatever that is. I don't know how to tweet. I don't. I don't know how to tweet. So don't send me nothing on Twitter because I don't know how to tweet. I don't even know how to get to it. Hello? But I can tell you something tonight God's able to get to. You can get to Him and you can ask Him and you can tell Him anything that's in your heart. And He will listen to you. But He's going to refer you back to the instruction manual. So don't go trying to change God's mind. Go with the hope that God will change your mind. And take your excuses away. Let us stand. God is able if you're willing. And he will. If we just let him. If we understand anything about God. We understand he loves us. He cares for us. As Chris is getting something. Him and Terry. I want to read to you one more scripture or two. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 12. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience. That is simplicity and godly, sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom. Are you with me? But by the grace of God we have had our conversation. And the world, and more abundantly, to you word. He's saying to us that he has spoken to us through his word. And the word's supposed to speak to our hearts and our lives. God built inside of you, knowing what's right and wrong. It's called age of accountability. When you reached that age, you knew. You knew when you'd done right and when you'd done wrong. You knew that because that Holy Ghost inside of you pricked your heart when you were wrong, when it wasn't right. Now, you may not have fully understood it when it first started, but as you grew older, common sense takes over some. You knew better and we just didn't do any better. So I'm asking you tonight, where's your conscience at? Something bothering you in your mind that you may not have got settled with God. He's waiting for you in the altar tonight. Because when God said he forgave you of all, he did just that. He forgave you of all. If the devil's brought it up to you, you need to bring it to God tonight and say, God... I'm not going to use this for an excuse anymore. Here it is, Lord. I'm going to tell you, you ain't got to tell me. You ain't got to tell nobody in this building. God knows your heart already. And he's waiting for you to just come and say, God, I know you know.
but you love me anyway. You know that, right? How much God really loves you? Christians, are you praying God's working right now? I need my Christians that are right, strong, speaking to God right now. Somebody needs to lay a weight down tonight that's been besetting you. You've struggled with it. You've carried it. It's your night to lay it down. Bring it to the Lord tonight. They're still coming. What about you? Have a clear conscience tonight. No matter what you've done up to this point in your life, God will forgive you of that. Would you come right now and just lay it before the Lord? Would you do that? Are you listening? He knew me. Yet, bring it to the Lord tonight. Heaven shine. You talking to God tonight will help you. God will reveal unto you what He wants you to do. Just bring it to the Lord. Some of you pray with these that's in the altar. Come on, children. Give God a chance tonight. Receive what God has for you tonight. Would you come? Come and pray, children. Some are still coming, making their way. What about you? God is able tonight. God is willing tonight. May the heaven shine. So unworthy.
Let me read one more scripture to you tonight in Revelations chapter number 21, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. In verse number 5, the Bible said, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. It's left up to you tonight to overcome excuses. That's your part tonight and your portion. God said... Be an overcomer. You can use it as a crutch if you want to. Come judgment day, it won't hold water. Let me leave you with just one more thing tonight. 1969, when I had my accident and blew my fingers off and half of the side of my head, when I came after 19 days in the hospital and five operations, I came out and my hand was down like this. And they said he'll be crippled the rest of his life probably, won't be able to use that hand. I would not accept that. I made up my mind I was not going to be crippled and you wasn't going to call me a cripple. They said, oh, we'll make you some artificial fingers and you'll look normal. Really? Two fingers is going to help this? And I wouldn't accept it. I said, no, if they don't work and function, I don't want them to look good. People need to take me for what I am or leave me alone. I don't care. So I got to school that following Monday. I had over 150 stitches in this hand and it folded up just like that. Earl Brooks, a good friend of mine, didn't mean anything by it, I'm sure. How I many in here know Earl? Sung gospel music for years. Good Christian man. We were standing in the bus line and Earl said, What do you say, Crip? And I hid him with everything I had with that bad hand. I ripped 28 stitches out of that hand hitting him. I said, I'll have you to know I'm not crippled and I'll prove it. And it was on. I went home, blood poured out of that thing. They had it still bandaged up. Mama said, what have you done? I said, took my part and that's all I said. I am not a crippled. And she opened it up, and there all them stitches was ripped out, blood a-gushing. She said, I guess I'll have to take you back to the hospital. I said, no, just wrap it up. It'll be all right. And she wrapped it up. And I went to work in that thing, and I, I meant to break it or fix it. And I can use it. It, it don't go out as far as the rest of them, but... I can still use it. So you can choose to be crippled or take what you do have and use it.
That's totally up to you. Don't let your past cripple you for your future. Amen. Oh, I'm glad Earl forgive me. Me and him has always been good friends. We laugh about that every once in a while when we see each other. I come to school the next day and Earl went around and said, whatever you do, don't call him Crip. So what do I need to call you? 